Thank you for listening to the North Place Podcast. We hope that after listening to this message, you will feel inspired, uplifted, and closer to Christ. To watch the video of this message, visit our website, northplacechurch.com slash watch. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to receive every episode on your phone as soon as we publish them. Morning, everybody. How we doing? Good. I, I'm I'm excited for this morning. Uh, like Pastor said, I would. By the way, I just want to mention I came up here way too early. That video was longer than I thought. I I felt like I should have waited a minute. But anyway, uh, but I'm excited uh, to be up here this morning. I believe that God's given me a word to share with you, and uh, I keep. This a little bit further back into the side than, than Pastor does. I like to walk around a little bit more. So um, I just want to apologize to the camera guys this morning because uh, I I do move uh, quite a bit. But I'm excited to share this word with you this morning. And uh, we, we love North Place. I mean, like Pastor said, we've been here for 10 years. This is my kids grew up in church here. The guy that brought this table out this morning, that's my 11-year-old son. So we are, we're invested in being in North Place. We love it here. Uh, and I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Is anybody excited for 2019? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm excited for 2019 too. I think it's going to be a great year. Um, but I, I love how excited we get about New Year's. Like we, are, we think like, here it comes, 2019, it's coming. It's going to be such a, something new is coming, it's happening. And, and to me, it's just like, I know this about myself. Like I set New Year's resolutions. Anybody else? You guys set New Year's resolutions? I, I do those. Um, and I, to me, it's so funny that we do that because really what we're talking about is like when the date changes, I'm going to do something different. It's not like, like there's nothing different about January 1st, 2019 other than the date. We know that, right? It's just like, but we get in our hearts like, oh, there's... Like, it's almost like we think in our minds, January 1st, 2019, this is so weird. I've been wanting to work out, (laughs) but there were no gyms available until January 1st, 2019, and thank God they opened all around me. I was driving and I saw them. There's so many choices now. It's like nothing, it's just something changes in us, right? The desire that we have to do, now listen, I want to be really clear. Um, my brother-in-law is here this morning. My sister's in town visiting. We decided that we were going to eat everything this last week that we had New Year's resolutions for in 2019. <laughs> but I think it's so fun. Like, and I think that we even get the idea, like the word resolution, like we get, it's like we think there's something magical that happens in that. And really what we're saying is I've decided to become more resolute in my pursuit of something, right? It's the idea of I've decided that I am going to become more intentional in my pursuit of this. So like, while I have been intentional in my pursuit of food over the last week, if I want to change my wellness and my fitness, then I'm going to have to become intentional in my pursuit of how I exercise, intentional in my pursuit of what I eat. So it's what I decide to pursue that matters. It's the direction when I see something and I decide that is what I'm going to go after. That is the thing that's going to matter to me. I'm going to become resolute in my heart that that is the thing that I am going to 
pursue. And this morning, what I want to talk to you about tonight, what I want to challenge you with this morning, is that I believe it is the the plan of God for us to be resolute in our hearts in pursuing Him. That pursuing Him with our lives matters greatly. And so I want to walk with you this morning through a story uh, in the Gospel of Mark that I believe illustrates this so beautifully. I, I wanna, I'm going to read the entire 10-verse passage to you, but then I want to walk through it step by step because I believe there's so many lessons that we can learn this morning through this story. And so I want to just, just walk with you through it if we can. It says, uh, this is Mark 5, starting in verse 24. It says, Jesus went with him, and all the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe, for she thought to herself, if I could just touch this robe, I'll be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. And Jesus Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? And his disciples said to him, "Look, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept on looking to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, fell to her knees in front of him and told, told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. This to me is such a, first of all, a beautiful story that illustrates the miraculous work of Jesus. Uh, but, but even more than that, it, it illustrates the pursuit that this woman went on to him. It showed that she got resolute in her heart to pursue Jesus, and then what happened in her life as a result of that pursuit. And, and I think that when you really go through and you get down into the details of this story, there's so much that we can pull out of it that can speak to our hearts about why we need to get resolute in our hearts about our pursuit of Jesus. About how we need to get to a place where we're willing to push through to get to Him. And so I want to walk you through now, if you'll let me verse by verse, just in sections of this passage, because I think there's so much that can speak to us. I'm going to start just again. It says, Jesus went with him and the people followed, crowding around him. And a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. And she had suffered a great deal for many doctors over the years. And she had spent everything she had to pay them, but had gotten no better. In fact, she had only gotten worse. This is not an indictment on doctors. Go to the doctor if you are sick. Okay, please go to the doctor. But you know what I think that we do? is that we get an idea in our head of what it is that's going to make us better. And then we go on pursuit after pursuit after pursuit of that thing that we think is going to get us to the place that's going to make us better than we are right now. And and this can be anything. I think for so many of us, particularly when when we're younger, it's relationships, right? If I can just find the right relationship, if I can just find the right person, if I can just get to the right place, then I'll finally have what I need. If I could just get the right job, 
If I could just get the right promotion. See, like I, I don't feel like myself yet. I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel like I'm doing everything that I could be doing. So if I could just get to this spot, to this place, if I could just get this stuff, then I will finally have everything that I need. I'll, everything that is ailing me right now, everything that is preventing me from living my best life, everything that's stopping me from being all that I can be, if I could just get that, then I'll have everything that I need. And we see this in this woman's life. She goes to a doctor. It makes her worse. She goes to a doctor. It makes her worse. She goes to doctor after doctor after doctor. Nothing's getting better. But what does she do? She keeps going to doctors. It's like, it's like you going into the same places, meeting the same people. This relationship goes terribly. It falls apart. But you go to the same place and you meet the same type of person and you can't figure out why things aren't getting better. But I believe that we are pursuing the wrong things. We're looking to the wrong stuff. And when we pursue the wrong things, sometimes it's hard because when we search for change in the wrong places, it often makes things worse. When we're seeking our lives to change in the wrong places, it's no wonder to, it shouldn't be a wonder to us that our lives aren't getting better in the way that we're hoping that they will get better. Let's move on. Verse 27, it said, she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe for she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. I really want to key in on this. She came up, through, came up behind him through the crowd. I want you to understand the culture uh, in which she was living at this time. So like to her to have this affliction with this bleeding was like a really big deal. So much so, it wasn't like she was just, uh, she wasn't just sick, and that was the bad part of it. It was that because she was sick, the entire way that her life looked was disrupted. The 12 years that she had been afflicted with this condition had changed the entirety of how her life looked. See, where, where we live in a culture where we try to hide everything bad that's happened to us, they weren't allowing that at the time. Like what they knew, blood is bad. And we don't understand it. We don't really get it, but we're not going to mess with it at all. And so there was rules and there were things that were set up to make sure that, that nobody could be afflicted with what she was afflicted with. And I want you just, just I'm going to give you an idea of the culture. If you, were, if you were somebody who had a skin condition that they didn't understand, I just want you to look what you had to do. Leviticus 13.45 says this. It says that if you are afflicted, with a serious skin disease, you must tear your clothes, leave your hair uncombed, cover your mouth, and everywhere you go, call out, unclean, unclean. I, I want you just, like, I, I, I wish that you could understand this this morning. Ta think about taking the greatest insecurity that you have in your life, and everywhere that you go, you have to proclaim your insecurity. Just try to wrap your head around that. Everywhere that you go, you've got to let everybody know around you the thing that's happening with you. Especially in today's culture, right? In our culture of, of comparison, in our culture of trying to measure up to everybody else, in our culture of trying to post things to make people think that our lives look better than they actually look. What if you just, like, what if... Just think, what if Facebook wouldn't even let you post something unless it was 100% true? 
Like you hit enter and it goes, nope. <laughs> it just goes, that ain't right. We know. <laughs> and they do know. And that, okay, I'm not, all right. <laughs> anyway. But, but also in her life, now look, this is what she has to do afflicted by this. Leviticus 15, 26 says, any bed that she lies on and any object that she sits on during that time will be unclean. No, 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 look. And 27, and if you touch any of these things, then you become unclean. So, so when somebody was afflicted with bleeding in this way, they, you wouldn't even, like, it's not even worth it for you to live in the house. You're moving out of town. You're living by yourself. You're living in a tent. And anytime you sit down, someone goes to sit down, you got to go, you can't sit there. I sat there. Don't sit there. Oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't, I'm sorry, I touched that. Like, you, if you, I don't want you to become unclean. And so not, she's living this life where now she's alienated from society. She's ostracized away from the people that she would live with. She's living a lonely, isolated existence. And everywhere that she goes, she can't even let people touch the stuff that she touches. She has to let everybody know. And so she's not only living in the middle of this insecurity that this is not the way that I want my life to look. And I'm sure she's in this place of desperation because life needs to look different than this. And I, and I just think in, in our hearts, we've got to understand how we've been living is that we have been trying to shield ourselves in our pursuits because what we've been pursuing hasn't left us in a place where we can get better. And, and I want to say it this way, that I believe in our culture of comparison today that we are more likely to pursue what's postable than we are to pursue what's powerful. So we're, we're more likely to pursue the perfect picture at the perfect place than we are to pursue the power of God. We're more likely to, to pursue the perfect vehicle and the perfect job in the perfect way than we are to pursue the power of God and the way that it can transform everything in our lives. But this woman finally got to a place where she thought it was more important for her to be better than it was for her to be prideful. So, so I'll fight through the crowd. I'll push past the people. I'll stop worrying about what these people think. I'll fight, pass through anything that they might say. As I understand that this is getting outside of my box, I'm going outside of the place where I'm supposed to live. I've been living this way over and over and over again for 12 years. I've been afflicted by this. And so I know they're going to say something. I know that it's, something's going to change. I know that I'm leaving the box that people have put me in. But she had a willingness to fight past perceptions in order to change her life. Are you, are you willing to pursue God so wholeheartedly that you'll stop going to the places that you know you're not supposed to go anymore? Will you be willing to push past the perception of what people will think because you're not doing the stuff that you used to do anymore? Would you start be, would you have a willingness in your heart to start living honestly so that you can pursue God in a real way? Do you have a willingness to fight past perceptions? In order to get to the power and the presence of God. But why? Why would you do it? Verse 29. Immediately the bleeding stopped. 
And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Why? Because just the fringes of the presence of Jesus have enough power to change your life. Look, some of you might be saying, look, uh, um, I'm I'm barely holding it together. Like the perception thing is a big deal for me and I've been really... Fighting for that, and for me, it's a lot to try to, to ask you to, to lay that down and, and, to really, and to really do this. What I'm saying is, is that there are, across this room, if you were to talk to somebody, there are testimony after testimony after testimony of what it looks like for somebody who was in a desperate situation that found the power and the presence of God, and it changed everything. Not, not some things, it changed everything. And it's, it's so true of my life that, that when I was in turmoil, when I was in angst, when I was unsure of what my life was even supposed to look like, the thing that changed everything for me was getting in the presence of God. And so whatever, whatever you've got to do, whatever you've got to fight past, Whatever you've got to push through, whatever perception is going to change for you, push past it, fight through it, go for it, because just the fringes, if you can get, just get to the edges of the presence of God, everything can change for you. Go for it. But I think this is our hangout. Jesus, Mark Uh, 5.30, Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out from him. So he turned in the crowd and he asked, who touched my robe? And the disciples asked, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who who touched me? Like, I I don't know what your personality is, but I read things with threads of sarcasm because of who I am. (laughs) And Jesus, (laughs) Jesus goes, who touched me? And these people are like pressed in around Jesus and the disciples. I can just see them like turning. Uh, look at the crowd. Pressed in all around you. How can you say who touched me? But Jesus knew there was a difference in the way that she touched him. Because change came not in touching Jesus, but in the way that she did it. So we have to have intentionality in our pursuit of God. Not, say so we go on obligatory pursuits. Like, like sometimes we just show up to this building because it's a Saturday or a Sunday and that's just what we're supposed to do. And so we're not here because we want God to do anything in our life because we're scared of what it looks like if life looks different. I'll get to that in a minute. So we just show up because it's what we're supposed to do. And then we think, why is nothing changing for me? Oh, why, 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 why? I, don't, I don't understand why people are talking about how their life looks different because of their relationship with God. And, and I'm just saying, then why aren't you really, like, if you want to know what it really looks like to pursue God, then maybe you should start pursuing God and then find out how your life can look different. But see, I think that we are just doing the things that we think that we're supposed to do, and we think that somehow if we can just check the box, that God's going to be like, good job. 
And I think that we've got to get in our hearts that our pursuit has to become one of intentionality. God, I'm going after you. I want things in my life to change. I'm not content where I'm at. I know that you've got more for me, so I'm going after you. And I'm going to do it intentionally with everything that I've got going after you. And when we can do it, because there's a difference in the way that when you get into the presence of God and you have intentionality in the way that you do it, your anticipation, your, your sense of desire for him is met when he comes into your life and he does something significant in you. But Jesus, verse 32, he kept looking around to see who had done it. And then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told her what that she had done. This, this is what's startling to me in this verse. It doesn't say the excited woman. It doesn't say the elated woman, the, the tears of joy woman. It says the frightened woman trembling at the realization of what had happened to her. And that, that's weird to me, right? Because 12 years being afflicted, 12 years of having this issue, this problem in her life, and now suddenly it's taken away like that, and she's not like, hey, everything's better. She is trembling and frightened. You know what I think that is? I don't think that she knew who to be without this affliction. I don't think that she knew how to live life without this issue. It had become her identity. She was the woman that bled. And I think for so many of us, our pursuit of God is held back by our fear of what would happen if God took our excuses away. Like, if God, if God really took your stuff away because, like, we like, I mean, I would, I would move on with life, but you just don't know what I've gone through. Like, and we, we use everything in our lives as this crutch that we hold on to that holds us back from the plan and the purpose of God, but we've got this excuse that we hold on to. And we're fearful that if God stepped into our situation and took that stuff away, that we wouldn't even know who we were anymore. And I believe that God wants to step in and make you all that he created you to be. And it's beyond your affliction. And it's beyond your pain. And he's got more for you. But you've got to pursue it. You've got to go for it. But I I don't... I think that there's always people in our lives that surround us all the time that always have an excuse of what, like... They're like, well, I'm, I'm out of money. Get a job. Well, I just, I just haven't found the right one yet. Maybe you should just start with a one and then look, work on finding the one. You know what I mean? But then, like, then you won't have anything to blame. You know? There's people that will blame anything and everything as long as it doesn't fall on them. Like, as long as I don't have to take responsibility for where I'm at in life, I'm good. They'll be like Billy Vanilli, blaming it on the rain. <laughs> That's a really old reference joke. I'm like, <laughs> I'm kind of proud of it right now. I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. But, but don't, you, don't you see that in your life? 
You see that in the lives of people around you? And, and I just feel like God is calling us to a place of intentional pursuit of him so that he can step into our lives, remove the afflictions, remove the pain, remove the excuses, and push us into a new day where he is calling us to be everything that he has called us to be. And Jesus sums this up because, and I want to ask you this question, what defines you right now? Is it your pursuit of God? Is it your pursuit of relationship? Is it your pursuit of stuff? What defines you? Because I, I'll just say for my, for my life, because I think that over the course of the history of my life, I've had a lot of pursuits that would have defined me. But what I, what I long for, the hope of my heart, the desire of my heart, is to be a person that's, divine, that's defined by the pursuit of their relationship with God. That's my desire. My desire is to be somebody who could be defined as somebody, not who somebody who's made it, right? Not somebody who's gotten to a destination, but somebody who's in pursuit of God. Somebody who's in pursuit of where God takes. But look, look at what happens to this woman in her, in her fear, in, in her turmoil of what this change in her life means. Look, look what happens in her life. Look what Jesus says to her. And he said to her, Mark 34, said, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. And I, and I it's, it's three sentences from Jesus right there. But it sums up everything that she needs. This woman who has lived on the edge of society, alone, alienated, isolated, no family, fights through perceptions, and then look what, Je- look what Jesus calls her. He says, daughter. Like where, where she's had nobody and she's lived in isolation, it's not just friend. It's not just acquaintance. It's like you pursued me and you found me and now you're with me. So I'm just saying if you can find your way to pursue God wholeheartedly, it's an invitation for you to come into the family. So when you get into the presence of God, it's an invitation for you to find a place of deep and intimate belonging. I don't know how alone you feel today. I don't know if you feel like you're walking an isolated life. What I'm saying is, is that in your pursuit of God, you can find a place of belonging. And then Jesus says, go in peace. Jesus speaks the fruit of the Spirit immediately into her life. Like, there's something that comes along with your connection to me there is more than just this relationship there is more than that because God doesn't just remove what's afflicting you he fills you with what you need he doesn't just take away your problems he doesn't just go oh I'm just going to heal you from this pain I'm just going to give you new purpose he gives you everything that you need and and i I hope that you know these, but Galatians 5, 22 lists the fruits of the Spirit. Now, what, what I want you to do is just 
look at these really quick, but it says that the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in 23. But this is really the root of everything that we're longing for. Because you, you think that when you remember the if I could just get in the beginning of the message, like if I could just get that relationship, what you're really looking for is love. Like if I could just get my family life to be great, what you're really looking for is joy. If I could just finally get to a place where I feel like I've got what I need, what you're really looking for is peace. And so all of the desires of our heart, all of the things that we clamor for, everything that we are in pursuit of, we can really find fulfillment in if we would pursue God because the fruit of the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God being planted in our life produces the fruit that brings us to a place where he supplies us with everything that we need and everything that we desire. So you can stop your fruitless pursuits and go after a pursuit of him. And the last thing that I think that this happened in her life because she pursued him boldly, but in humility. Said, look, I'm going to do my part to push past perception. I'm going to do my part to do the things that I need to do, but I understand that he's the miracle worker. And, And I think in our lives, we have to go on a wholehearted pursuit of God but recognize that he's the one who does miracles. He's the one that makes change. So we do our part, and we let him be God. I want to close today uh, with Matthew 6, because I, I, I think it just sums up this idea of pursuing God of pursuing him above everything else and then watching things fall into place. Matthew 6, 31 through 33, it says, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above everything else. Above the job, above the relationship, above the place you want to go, above your status, above what people think. Seek him first. Above everything else, go after him. And when you do, when you're willing to fight past what people think, when you're willing to give over sovereignty to him, when you're willing to get to a place where it doesn't matter if someone likes me or they don't like me, it doesn't matter if I go where I've been or where I used to be, it doesn't matter as long as I pursue him. I'm today going to get resolute in my pursuit. I will seek him first and know that he'll take care of me. I will seek him first and know that he's got a plan for me. I will seek him first and know that he's got everything that I need. I will seek him above all 
else. And so that is my challenge for you today as you step across the imaginary threshold to 2019. That if you are writing down your resolutions, that above everything else, you would get resolute in your pursuit of the one that can change everything. I want to pray for you this morning. I believe that this is a word for somebody today who's been chasing everything but God. I believe this is a word for somebody who's been on pursuits of everything that they can imagine and found themselves unfulfilled. So I believe that if you can get resolute in your mind about the pursuit of God, that even if you can just get into the fringes of where he is, that God can change everything for you. So God, I come to you this morning on behalf of the people in this room. And God, I've seen it in my own life. I know what it means to come into a a relationship with you, God, and, and the drastic change that happens. God, what happens when I, if it, when I experience, when I truly experience your presence for the first time, and it's so the desire of my heart this morning to see that in the lives of the people in this room. And so, God, would there be something that would stir in the hearts of people? God, that would give them a sense of, of everything that they've been going for, of everything that they've been pursuing, of all the places that they've been trying to get, God, if they would just get in their heart this morning to become resolute, God, to drive their lives in pursuit of you. God, would you meet them? And would they know you in intimacy? Would you bless them with your presence? And then, God, would you grant them the fruits of your spirit? And would you invite them in as family? I believe that today is the start of a journey for somebody in this place. Bless them, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask the the prayer team to come up this morning. If there is... Somebody in this place, you just say, hey, look, I'm beginning this journey to become resolute, and I need somebody to pray with me, to partner with me. I just want you to know, as somebody who is deeply connected at North Place, we are about walking with you on your journey. And we want to stand with you. We want to walk with you. We want to believe with you. We want to help guide you into the places that you can go. And these people up here would love to partner with you in prayer this morning before you leave to walk this journey out with you. I'll close this morning with the blessing and that will be our dismissal this morning. Let's keep this environment worshipful as I believe that this is the start of a journey for somebody today. Don't leave without talking to somebody about it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine down upon you. May he be gracious to you. Turn his countenance your direction and give you peace. We love you. We believe in you. And we'll fight for you. And we'll see you in 2019. Thank you for listening to this message from North Place Church. Feel free to share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at North Place. And on Facebook at North Place Church. To watch the video of this message, go to northplacechurch.com slash watch.